Welcome to episode 138 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, fellas? Going well, thanks, Jason. This is the finale for the season. So I'm, uh, I'm absolutely up and about today and I'm pumped because I wanted to make it really big this episode and you're going to be talking about accountancy stuff? <laughs> is that where we're heading for the finale? Is, uh... is that where we're going, mate? I'm sorry to do it to you, but we are Nico. We are Nico Marty. Oh, geez, I've lost the plot. It's all happening. We've uh, it's it's been a, it's been a good season. It's uh, been I think it's season I don't know. It's season ten, season nine. I've lost track, but I know it's one thirty-eight because we counted them one by one because we are numbers people. I had my accountant uh, calculator out and uh, was punching it all in. So one thirty-eight, uh, which means we'll come back for one more season, maybe before end of year. We'll we'll maybe raise the bat at one fifty if we're allowed to do that, Marty. It'll be uh. Exciting exciting times. What do you reckon, Nick? Uh, I just saw Marty smile when you said maybe raise the bat. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was a good cricketer back in his day. Oh. Very good cricketer. Not many people know that. Comedian and very Comedian, good cricketer. Comedian, cricketer. Is there anything you can't do, Marty? Oh, lots of things, mate. It's pretty much down to uh, jokes and uh, hit and runs. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, two really handy uh, skills to have, mate. Oh, it make, <laughs> makes you a very likable person. Oh, no. Thanks, bro. Run scorer oh. and funny. What a catch. Hey, you got At the it. same time, usually. Could <laughs> <laughs> imagine the sledging coming from Marty when he's oh, out on the field. Holy moly. I used moly. to love sledging. Like, it's, uh, what, was, what was your best? Give us your best sledge. Oh, the best one was this. Now, I don't want to fat shame anyone, but there was this, <laughs> there was this chunky guy that uh, played for Launching Place. I'll never forget it. Big fella. And I was pretty slim at the time. Now I sort of uh, feel, feel a bit empathetic towards him. But, uh, and he had scored a lot of runs and he was marking out his crease. And, you know, when the shirt's a bit tight, it sort of lifts and you get to see a bit of the, uh, the back uh, buttock area. And I just, I just, I don't know where it come from, but I said, put a coin in it. It might play a song. And it was, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I got the attention of him, so I put him off. And but for the next probably two minutes, no one could field. Everyone was like just, and I don't know where they came from, but it was just. I used to love copping it, but I used to love giving it because I used to field in second slip. So it was, uh, uh, it was just great. I've just been called everything under the sun from straight out F wit to you know. <laughs> It's just, just yeah. incredible stuff. Uh, cricket, there's nothing like it. Footy, footy's good, but you're so you, there's less sledging I find in footy because you're on the go a lot more of the time. Whereas you've got a bit of dull space to fill in cricket, so you get some really good stuff from people. <laughs> no, mate, you're making me miss the cricket days. Well, there was a reason we were called the numbers game. We we all said we like sport and we we like numbers. So you know, great great to bring in a bit of uh, sporting banter at the start of this, guys. Before we crack into what I want to talk about with accounting, hopefully we haven't lost too many of our listeners yet with the idea of talking about accounting. But I promise it's a little bit more in depth than that. Um, so do stick around. This episode's brought to you by Future Advisory, uh, the lovely tax and advisory team at Future Advisory. Always willing to help business owners and individuals sort their tax problems and you know get their advice sorted to have the right structure and the right plans heading into the future. If you want to have a chat with the team, www.futureadvisory.com.au. Check it out. 
So guys, I wanted to start off this broad conversation and mostly I'm focusing around the shortage of accountants in Australia and and what that means and why we've gotten to this point. Um, and then digging a little deeper in holistically as to, you know, why we do what we do and, and how we ended up in the jobs we have. So Nick, I wanted to throw to you first and, and ask you this question. Do you love your job? Yes. Cool. Good start. Throwing you on the spot, didn't really pre-plan this. So. No, you didn't. No. I, and uh, there, was, there was a pause because I had to have a quick think about what I actually did. Um, okay. do, do you love what you do and do you want to explain what it is and then why? What, like what is it that, that, that gets you to actually be able to enjoy what you do? I love the journey and where we're heading. <clears throat> There's times I don't like the tasks to be completely transparent. And, I, and I'm, I'm only thinking about this because of your accounting comment at the start and I'm thinking, well, you know, for me, yes, you do a job every day and at times that job's not fun, but what is the journey and where you're trying to get to? And that's quite easy as for a business owner because you've got, you know, generally a business plan and somewhere you're heading, but I can see if it was just the tasks without the journey, uh, I'm not sure I'd love it, to be honest. And I think maybe that's the issue with accounting and I'm just spitballing here. No. Um, <laughs> But in saying that, 80% of what I do, I do love. But there are times you're like, shit, really? I have to do this again. Um, and how would you, would you for, for what your business provides to people, would you put into words as to what you do? So like, what do you provide for people? Yeah. So well, it's no secret that we are financial services. So we, you know, financial planning and, and mortgages um, and also business lending. But if I think about what we really do, um, you know, this might sound corny, but on the mortgage side you make dreams come true and i think that's where the fulfillment comes for a lot of our staff you know they're putting people into their their first home or their dream home or their first investment property and i think about financial planning so i think a lot of our financial planners will look at the tasks involved and what they do day to day and some of it would be mundane but the reality is they're making dreams come true they're helping people retire they're giving people comfort around retirement and they're helping people generate wealth so that's where they're you know, they're finding their purpose and I think why they would love their job and stick around. So I think there's a, sometimes you've got to separate, well, for me anyway, the actual task every day and then what what purpose are you actually fulfilling? And I think with every job, there'd be mundane tasks that, you know, you don't like, but you just got to get them done. Yep. Not very good. I'm, I'm glad you took it on that angle because I think that's uh, very important where I wanted to go to. And then Marty, give you the opportunity to do the same thing. Do you love your job? And then what it is? what is it that you do and why do you love it? Yeah, I think Nick explained it really well. I've always said we've got the best job in the world if, we, if banks weren't involved, but we need <laughs> the banks, right? Like I would love to have an endless stream of capital that we could give to people to support those dreams, whether it's buying a business, whether it's buying, you know, it all starts with their first home, uh, whether they want to build an investment portfolio. So to me, the love is, is, that, is that ability to support someone through that process. Um, the logistical stuff we have to do in order to deal with the banks, I just see that as, you know, red tape that we need to do that. But you've got to delegate those components out so you can enjoy the very element of why you're doing what you do and why you enjoy doing what you do. But that's probably the best way to, to describe it for me. Awesome. Love it. I started to talk about this. So to give context to the background of this, um, at, at the ZeroCon conference a few weeks ago, there was a presentation by Will Buckley, who's the national uh, manager of the Australian arm of Zero. Um, 
And then on top of that, there's countless articles coming out, you know, Accountants Daily, CPA, CA, you know, news.com.au, all the different things just saying, you know, accountants are leaving the industry in masses. And then also the data shows that we've got the least amount of um, students in accounting degrees than we've ever had before. Like the numbers are just dramatically plummeting. And I started to think about why, like, you know, cause we've, we've, I'm, I'm involved with Zero's partner advisory council. I'm involved with the CPA in the public practice, um, a, a public practice committee. And we talk about how to solve these problems and how we got here. Um, and basically, you know, to put it in perspective, I think accountants have done a very bad job at branding themselves and how we talk about ourselves over the years. So if you if you thought about how to describe an accountant or was an accountant, a lot of people say they're number crunches. You know, it's somebody somebody who lodges a tax return. Or, you know, accountants are boring. Stereotypically accountants are boring people. You know, and they're all some of the things I've heard over the years of of describing that. Now before I go into, you know, some of the the contributing factors to the shortages. I just wanted to talk about you know, three quick stories about why I love my job and why I love the accounting profession. And whether, even when I was an, an employee working in accounting firms, right up to now, you know, owning one and getting to do what I do, you know, I see it more, uh, not as number crunching, you know, it's well and truly beyond that. And, you know, Nick channeling what you said around, you know, helping people achieve their dreams, you know, helping people get into that first home and being an accountant, you know, effectively, Will shared this in his presentation, which I'll go into a little bit detail, but he talked about accountants being financial storytellers. Now, as a financial storyteller, the power that we have as accountants who are gifted with numbers, who can translate a P&L and a balance sheet, is the ability to tell a story to a business owner about what they need, what they need to do more of or less of, spend some money, save some money, you know, taxes and how to get around them. There's a heap of things to get through. And one of the biggest things that happens in, in especially in our country, is regulation change. There's always rule changes, what you can buy, how much assets can you write off. It's changes all the time and it's impossible to keep up with. But three quick stories I was going to say, you know, that happens in my day-to-day life. We signed a new client a few weeks ago. Um, they're talking about, you know, getting their business finances sorted, getting their tax returns lodged. They want to buy their dream property. And this dream property is a, a farm for their family. It's going to be, you know, an asset they'll probably hold for hundreds of years in their family going forward. And their business is just all of a sudden turned a corner and booming. And is one day, hopefully now we've gone from maybe they might exit for $5 million one day down the track. Now we're talking about exiting for $20 million and helping this family um, get the loan they need to secure this property. Now I get to be a pivotal person in this, in this position to help them achieve that dream. And without us, you know, I, I dare say, you know, they may not have had the the coaching and the mentoring and, and the connections to be able to get it completely done. Second client example was an electrical company um, that got themselves in a bit of strife. They they had 700000 in debt. Um, we were able to wipe $550,000 of debt through a small business restructure. And now this this business is going to absolutely be flying and, and back up and running. And all of that will be a thing of the past due to, you know, COVID and different things that went wrong over COVID. Now, when the phone rings and I get the phone call from, you know, the husband and wife going, you've changed our lives. Thank you so much. That's something an accountant gets to do. And the last one's just, you know, having a small business owner start a business and be able to guide them through the journey to their their first invoice, their first employee, their, you know, having a zero accounting system and and you know, having having a life that 
they can be proud of to spend more time with their family and kids without stressing about how their business is running because they know they've got an accountant or an advisor on their side. Now, all of that sounds pretty pretty good to me. And I don't know about you guys. If it, do you, is that what you think would be the day of a life and the day in a life of an accountant doing those kind of things? Well, Stereotypically, you've, you've got good functions you get to go to too at zero, and yeah, yeah. That, that's, it's next next level types of weekends away that I've from what I remember accountancy to be. But I I think what you're explaining there is the same thrill we get in the advice piece. And and I think your accountants are in a really unique situation because you get to see what businesses are doing well um, in your own ecosystem. And, you know, and, and not that you ever give away names or intel, but at least you can share general advice even to be able to support business owners going through their growth journeys. I think that's... You know, that's paramount in this day and age. To me, the tax return itself is probably, you know, two-eighths of the final stage of getting to that point. Um, so to me, I see there's a big opportunity there for people to really become accountancy advisors. And and I know certainly from my, my background, when an accountant comes to me with a proactive strategy, it's incredible because all of a sudden I'm getting insight to something I would never know on my own accord to what's happening on policy and policy changes and various things that I could be claiming or or here's something you could utilise, how would you go about that? So Because sometimes if you know what the parameters are, you can then do something about that proactively. But if you don't know, you don't know what to do. So to me, having a proactive accountant that's an advisor is paramount. And I'm just throwing it back to you, Jace, as well, is, is going... Well, how does someone that's an employee accountant position themselves to be relevant? Is it the size of business that they're looking after that matches the skill set? Um, maybe, maybe it's the business's domiciled with the individual accountant that that could be more that advisor piece. I, I think that's paramount, and that's the way forward. Nick, any any other thoughts on that? Uh, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking of who's leaving the industry, and I'm you know my assumption is it's not people like yourself, Jace, it's maybe people that are doing those more mundane tasks. So I was actually going to put it back to you as well and just say, well, why are people leaving? You know, if obviously there's an ability to be part of people's growth journey, whether it's business or personal and, you know, get really fulfilled from seeing people do better. Um, but for whatever reason, people are still leaving the industry and I just wonder why. Good question. So putting putting it into a bit of context, so you think the last couple of years is where a lot of the drama has kind of unfolded um, or a lot of the the movement of moving industries. Um, think back to COVID. COVID, when that happened, the government drove everything through an accounting firm. If you wanted JobKeeper, you had to talk to an accountant. If you wanted um, ATO cash flow boost, you had to make sure your accounting was done right with your accountant. There was countless government grants. Most people had to go to an accountant for a letter or some kind of advice. So all of a sudden, we're in the midst of the the world's worst global pandemic that you know our generation's ever been through, and all of the traffic was directed to accountants who all of a sudden were working from home by themselves, isolated in a bedroom with limited support, and most likely underpaid and overworked for that entire period. I know a lot of the big four did pay freezes and and stopped, you know, didn't pay them. Um, if, if anything, I think they put them on 75% pay for what would have, would have been like 150% of the work. So a lot of accountants have moved to seek less stressful industries. 
with lighter workloads and and fewer overtime hours. So, um, and that's one of the biggest draw cards in accounting is you can get a job as you know in house or doing management accounting at a big bigger company um, where you know you're paid most likely a little bit better and your hours are better as well. So you don't have the stress or the, the pressures of managing multiple clients and multiple demands and multiple deadlines. Deadlines. Um, the other ones, like, as I said, the changing regulations, it's always changing. We're constantly having to be on top of changing rules, home office, so, you know, you know, nothing, GST doesn't change though. So that's the one constant factor that we've talked about, but you know, there's all these ongoing uh, regulation changes. Um, so that, that's, and I think effectively it's getting to a point of burnout where like so many accountants have over the last couple of years are burnt out, but then what that happens then from a, the top dripping down or from a public perception point of view is no mum and dad accountants are going home telling their kids how awesome being an accountant is, right? Like, so, you know, when you think, you know, kids growing up, look at their parents and go, yeah, I want to be like mum and dad. I want to get, I want to do that job. If we've got an industry full of burnt out, tired, angry accountants, frustrated with the industry, underpaid, overworked, they're sure as shit not going home inspiring their kids to want to be accountants one day. And I think that's that's one of the big issues and that's not the be all and end all. Um, the other kind of issue that I can see there as well, which is kind of posing an effect, but not as much in what I'm talking about is retirements. Um, the average age of an accounting firm owner is, is well and truly over 55. So majority of accounting firm parcels of fees out there are owned by somebody much closer to retirement age than somebody who wants to be running a business for the next 10 or 20 years. So when you're looking for longevity in a career and a place where you can work your way up and and build a good career, a lot of these places are, you know, they're, they're shutting down, their fees are shifting, they're selling to organizations that are not what you thought you were going to be working for when you took your job. So there's a myriad of factors. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, what I'm trying to get it back to is, how do, like, why do people become accountants? Why do they do it? And how do we continue as an industry on my side, working with zero and CPA to make accounting sexy again or make accounting interesting? I mean, from, from the outside world, looking at the accounting industry, would you guys promote it and say it's a great job and people should do it? No, no, no. And, and don't take that personally. Um, no, that's just I what just, I want to get to. Yeah. I, I just see... A lot of the accountants that we that we deal with always seem to be super busy, um, and I guess busy a lot of times means stressed and uh, short-staffed, which you know obviously that's what we're talking about. So for me, I'd look at accounting and I go, "Geez, it's, most of the accountants I know are, are under the pump and always stressed. So why would you want to do that?" Um, yeah, so that's my initial response is is no, but at the same time. I look at it and go, well, if there's an industry where you want to make sure or be sure you've always got work and there's opportunity to make good money um, and there's undersupply of people and undersupply of really good talent, you can you probably got a really good opportunity to, to make some good money. So at the same time, I'd go, well, if you can deal with the stress and find a way to navigate it, the opportunity is probably awesome. Um, yep. So yeah, yeah, that's probably where I'm at with it. Right, very good. Yeah, and I'm sort of I'm sort of thinking in regards to how do we how to reinvigorate the opportunity. Like I'm thinking, how do these younger accountants come in and play some form of that feeling you talked about of being almost a financial controller for small businesses, being on site with the businesses 
uh, one day a week where they're getting the dynamics of how businesses work and being a part of that. They need to feel that reward for experience. Like when we fund a house, we see the house and people are in the house, they're excited about it. Like, could it be that the remaining people, because there's less people coming through, are wearing even more of the stress? So even the you know bigger paycheck's not going to mean much if they're just getting overwhelmed. They need to feel that sense of excitement and adrenaline and accomplishment, um, being walking the ground of the businesses that they're a part of, and you know, really feeling they they need that invigoration around it. Otherwise, it becomes their you know their order takers based on their intellectual capability if you haven't got that front end emotive piece linked in where someone's engaged to connect then that's really challenging that's really challenging and that's why nick no doubt said no mm. because i'd be the same on that unless i had that piece when i hear you talk about it jace i go yeah you're advising companies on their dreams on getting to that 20 million exit mate i'd love to do that as an advisor you go that's fantastic you know so so what is that in a in a role that someone gets that thrill and understands what that thrill is for them and connecting with those business clients? If you can if you can crack that code and take away an AI might be able to take away some of the workload on the you know more the boring logistical stuff and get them engaging with people and and feeling their level of support um, is making a difference out there. That that is I think the signature piece is. The answer, I'm not sure what that is and how you do it, but if that can be done, but that's where it needs to go. Otherwise, it's, yeah, yep. it's going to struggle. Well, I think uh, as an industry and, and anyone who's in the accounting industry and then even not not the accounting industry, just apply it broadly to business if you're in it, but nurturing your talent and nurturing people, I think is is one of the biggest things and finding ways to ensure we continue to look after our people, um, especially coming off the back of things like COVID and, and changing ways that workplaces work. Um, and again, from an image perspective, you know, some notes here on what Will talked about at Xerocom, but, you know, being being known as numbers people, like, you know, on oh, my account, it does the numbers, but but what, what does an accountant really do? And I shared those stories at the start to kind of more, again, get back to that financial storyteller vibe of, you know, changing people's lives. Um, you know, we've talked about Ikigai in a previous episode, um, you know, where it's kind of what does the world need? What are you good at? What can you get paid for? And what do you enjoy doing? So, you know, so to be able to work and support positive business owners to have a better impact, you know, to be able to start using that language about what accountants are doing day to day is not just filing a tax return, but it's taking stress off somebody's shoulders so they could run their business better and maybe hire more employees and give more jobs. And when I think about small business, I think about the, the you know, more than 50% of people in our country that are employed are employed by a small business. So the better that our accounting industry can be and the better our advisors and the technology that we're helping businesses, you know, utilize, the better our economy and the better the country is overall. And I, I feel strong, like very passionate about all of this, which is why I kind of wanted to bring it up in an app and just, just broadly talk about, you know, how as, as a whole, as, a, as an organization, as an industry, we need to do better at promoting accounting for the great thing that it is and and it does does change lives and i think we need more good people to come and join us so jace i'll put it to you as a someone who's been in the industry for a long time you've seen um the back end of covid now mm-hmm. so what is it that causes the stress is it 
is it clients being unorganized? Um, you know, obviously you're doing things like uh, BAS statements and lodging tax returns and PAYG, um, like payroll tax returns and stuff. Is What causes the stress? So I look at that and I say, well, okay, that's a task, just like we've got to do a task. Um, it's not really a difficult task. It's It's, you know, looking at numbers and whatnot and lodging stuff. And I think from what I can see on the outside, from the outside in, is there is tech that is coming and that is making things easier. So what what is it that causes the stress? Like, is it just purely a lack of, um, because there's a lack of people, uh, because it's not seen as exciting, there's just too much work? Or is there, there are other things where people go, it's all too hard? Um, is yeah, Am I making sense? You are, you are. And look, I'm trying to kind of think about what, how I could pinpoint a couple of things that would kind of nail that answer. Um, the, the work, the workload is huge and never ending in a sense of, you know, quarterly basses, monthly IASs, payroll tax, you know, bookkeeping, if you're doing bookkeeping has the ongoing, um, annual lodgements, tax planning, like that's just the compliance side before you even get to advisory. And then when you've got more clients than ever needing help to get their business from, you know, where it is now to where they want to be. So I think the volume of work is increasing more and more and technology, while it helps at the same time, you need somebody to help clients implement and train on that technology too. So there's another, um, you know, vertical of work that didn't exist before of, of how to implement and, and use technology the right way. Um, shortage of people. So I think, you know, every time you onboard somebody new, you've got, you know, the, the onboarding, the training, the getting to know clients, the handover of knowledge and IP. Um, there's, there's a huge myriad of factors, but also the, yeah, the, one of the ones would be business owners who aren't organized that dump all their crap onto their accountant and go, Hey, um, I know this was due three months ago, but I need it done tomorrow. Cause I've just bought a house and they, you know, they dump it on their accountant and then blame the accountant. If something goes wrong, Oh, I got a fine from the ATO because this was lodged late. You know, this is your fault. And so, well, hang on a minute. Like we've been, you know, so there's, there's a lot of passing on of stress from, from business clients for sure, from clients in general. Um, yeah, heaps, heaps of different things, heaps of different factors. What, what do you think, Jace? Like, what do you think would be the answer to make it more attractive? Like, is there something that runs through your mind? Yeah, I think um, from an industry body point of view, I think back to when I was in high school and I saw like the CPA advertisements and, you know, they talked about, you know, it, it made, made being an accountant look sexy and cool. And, you know, they were dressed nice, you know, they were driving nice cars, you know, they were getting, they were in the city, you know, meeting clients, having coffees and social, like it looks social and fun and out there. Um, I just think there's, there's not so, I haven't seen anything promoting the new age of accounting, which, you know, which is your zero, you know, you've got t-shirt wearing tech people who look like they're working in the tech industry, rocking t-shirts, but they're actually accountants, you know, doing all of the technology implementations for clients. Um, it's a different world to what it was 10 years ago. And I don't think our professional bodies or the, you know, universities or anything are doing a good job to kind of recognize the, sh the change in landscape and the shift in, in how we work these days. And, and the shift and changes are only getting faster and faster. And one of the other things is pay as well. I, I think as an industry, we've undercharged for what we do for a long time. Um, I think back to 10 years ago and the, the price of a tax return and a bass isn't too far off what, what some firms are still charging today. 
they've kind of done the two or three percent fee increase year on year and, and it maybe hasn't really kept up with times which means if you're not charging accordingly for what you do you can't pay your team market market salaries and above to keep the good people working with you so yeah i mean that'd be another big one too are you losing people to a particular industry or it's just general no, just, I mean, look, fortunately, um, we're one of the fortunate ones. We, we haven't lost too many people um, because we do go above and beyond, you know, to, to look at what is the market salary, how can we make sure we're remunerating our team, you know, so within the salary band that makes sense. We can't go too crazy. But, I mean, we had uh, just over a year ago, we had two of our admin team and our admin team are quite well known for, like, just being exceptional. Their response times, you know, you guys that experience it, you ask for a tax return or a notice of assessment, bang, you've got it back within within minutes. Our, our admin team are exceptional people. They're all amazing. But just over a year ago, we had two of them quit within a week. And I went, whoa, like, where did that come from? What happened? And they both went, we're getting out of the accounting industry. Like the volume of emails and phone calls and the ATO, they're always chasing debts from people and it's negative and nasty. They went, we just can't do it anymore. And one of them went to work, I think, at a doctor's surgery, just, just doing admin and calendar bookings. Like she was happy doing that kind of admin um, client services role. And another one went into the hotel and hospitality industry. She wanted to work at hotels on her feet. She didn't want to be sitting on her, on her butt behind a computer all day. I've got the solution. Yeah, go it's on. It's money. Money. It's money. <laughs> it, it is. Because, again, we have all the same challenges in regards to work level, stress, 40 banks, 4,000 different policies. You know, work is, you know, work's challenging, but you're compensated for your efforts. You know, the the harder you work, the more you're remunerated, as well as enjoying, you know, pe- people getting homes and, and everything else that we talked about earlier. But I think if if there's a solution there where, and I think, I think accountants are well-placed to be able to create something like, a what works small business program, mm. you know, that's that's generating revenues in different ways. The same with scaling your business, you know, to that next level. There's we've talked about that on previous podcasts where there's a huge lack of education in the business uh, community to be able to help this fail rate on businesses turn around to be the opposite way. We want four in five businesses succeeding, not the other way around you know, if one in five or two in five yep. succeeding. So so there, I, I think accounts can play a really huge role. Now, huge logistical infrastructure, you know, to program design and everything. But I think you, as a trusted advisor, you guys are actually best placed to take that on board. And people can play a part in that, in the delivery of that, which then means higher revenues coming into the business and then also higher pay um, to to you know accountants then bringing more and more of those businesses on because then you have the referral impact of my business has improved because i've been working with future advisory now they are at the moment anyway working with future advisory but this is like a proactive way to be able to find more opportunities in and then get more revenues in on top of the accountancy fees and then literally you know be able to pay people at a premium level that other firms aren't thinking about. Now, you're probably, like I said, the thing you love, Jace, is you're already doing that. Whether that reflects in what you charge or not might not be there just yet, but you're already doing that to that next level. So it's like, how do you then create that for the employees to be able to do similar things that has an impact and they feel that real drive and excitement of these businesses growing with them 
and they're getting compensated for that growth um, as well. So that would be, if that could be cracked, uh, people, people say they're stressed in anything they do. There's stresses in any role, but if you're not compensated for that in some way that's fulfilling, that's where it fails. And that seems to be, to me, the gap that I see at the moment. Yep. So, yeah. But that's just my personal read. No, no, I definitely agree with that, Marty. And and for, for existing accountants out there, that's that's definitely the challenge and the shift in where they're going if they're already in the industry. And I think then the next challenge is getting more accounting students into into universities and studying accounting because it is a, a viable career that can be enjoyable if, you know, and again, it's what, what you turn it into and... Um, I'm hoping that, yeah, maybe one day somebody listens to this and thinks, you know what, maybe I do want to be an accountant. Maybe it's not as bad yep. as, as all the stuff I've heard. And um, I did a quick survey of a few of the team in the office and asked them to message me why they became an accountant and um, just brought up one of them. Um, you know, one of the guys was brought up in, in small business, a family running small business. Um, they weren't supported enough by their accountant at the time. Um, and thought it might be the same for many small business owners. So wanted to change the stigma over the traditional accountant who just gives you a tax bill once a year. Um, like my, about my job that anything that's business related, not just tax, so helping a business owner talking about business, providing real value to a business owner by helping them grow personally and professionally. Um, and I've got a really cool boss. So yeah, that just noticed that one down at the bottom. So that's why he loves his job, but no. <laughs> Jace, you changed my perspective of the accountancy industry when I first met you and you were starting what you were starting um, in your, you know, your heart and soul around what you wanted to do in regards to advice and support businesses coming through at a whole different level. Like to me, the accountancy piece when you spoke about it was the, you know, yes, a, an important component, but it was really where you were taking businesses that got me excited about, you know, accountancy again. Mm. So I go, and to me, I always come back to look at the numbers, look at where the problem points are with businesses failing, you know, at a certain level. How can that be overcome? And that's government support to accountants and business owners in implementing plans to be able to support at a new level. And I go... There's, there's an opportunity there to really support small business here and actually make it cool because it is cool if it's approached in the right way. And it's, um, I, I think what, what's the biggest pain point, and this is what generally happens in industries, the biggest pain point can be the greatest opportunity if it's thought through at a different level. And, um, and that's the challenge I guess the industry's going through, but there'll be a way. It's just... Um, Jace, you're going to be, have to be the one to find it. <laughs> I'm going to, going to start going out to universities one by one, talking to these students, or actually high schools. So yep. I've got to get them before they get into uni, don't I? So, all right, book anyone out there, any high school principals, um, book me for upcoming presentations to your year 11, year 12, year 10. I don't know what age you want me to get them at, but um, we want young young people that have purpose-driven kind of decision-making. They want to help small business owners have better lives. So send, them, send me their way so I can get them convinced to join in the accounting industry. Love it, Jace. You're all over it.
Well, guys, it's uh, definitely been another awesome season. Thank you for hearing me whinge about the accounting industry and how it's actually better than it seems to be. Um, we need to get more people in. And, um, guys, I'd, I'd love it if you guys were accountants too. You guys are good people doing good things, and uh, that's what it's all about. So thank you for another epic season, Nick and Marty, and to all of our listeners out there, thank you for continuing to tune in, like, follow, share, engage with, uh, with us on LinkedIn. Um, if you haven't uh, subscribed and followed, Followed our Spotify and Apple and wherever else you get your podcast, please do so so you can continue to get updates when the season comes back into action. Um, we've absolutely loved doing this. Um, always remember you can reach out to us, hello at the numbersgamepodcast.com.au, and we're always willing to bring in your questions to an upcoming episode. Until next time, Nick, Marty, anything additional you lovely gents want to add? Oh, just if you ever stuck, man, I'm happy to balance a few ledgers. Just send them across. <laughs> Can't be that hard. And if you are accountant, <laughs> we, we don't want to listen to Jace Widget to us. So, you know, just just for goodness sake, Ricky, he's paying the big bucks and, uh, you know, he's ready to work with you to take your career to a new level. So until next season, thanks for listening. Game over. <laughs>